Now, I'm excited about this next part of the service. We have a guest speaker this morning who has come all the way from the banks of the Waimata River. In fact, he's the only doctor that I've ever seen do a backflip into that river. <laughs> Stu Hockey's going to come for you. Stu Hockey's going to be sharing with us this morning, and he's going to be talking this morning about money, 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 money. <laughs> So, yeah, it was my little audition for the worship band. We'll just have a quick prayer for, for, for Stu. Lord, we thank you for Stu. We thank you for the person that he is, for the spirit that he has, for his servant heart and his servant attitude, Lord, and his willingness to just come forward and share this message this morning. We just pray, Lord, that uh, Stu will be able to speak confidently and boldly on this topic, Lord, and we pray that we as a church will be willing to receive the words that he has, Father. So prepare our hearts for the service this morning, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Elliot. Can I have my two lovely little helpers come and help me? So um, we've just been so blessed uh, having the Goddards um, uh, living next to us. And I just want to um, start with uh, Ezra is going to uh, re- uh, give us a prayer. And then both Ezra and Josiah are going to just read some of the verses that I want to refer to. So, thank you, Israel. St. Patrick's Prayer. May the strength of God pilot us. May the power of God preserve us. May the wisdom of God instruct us. May the hand of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the shields of God defend us. May the hosts of God guard us against the snares of the evil ones, against temptations of the world. May Christ be with us. May Christ be before us. May Christ be in us. Christ be over all. May thy salvation, Lord, always be ours. This day, O Lord, and evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Isia. Radio, so Isia and Josiah, just, I'm going to sit down and just listen to them. They're going to um, read out the verses that I was just wondering to refer to. Leviticus 25:23. The land must not be sold permanently, because the land is mine, and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Leviticus 27.30 A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Matthew 6.24 No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. Acts 18, 2-4. Paul went to see them, Aquila and Priscilla, and because he was a tent maker as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Acts 5, 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself but brought the rest put it at, and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, 
Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Aren't they great? So there's um, lots of verses in the Bible. The Bible refers a lot. I'll turn that off. About um, finances, um, <coughs> money. So I uh, I got a uh, an email from Carl, and I'm going to read you my email from Carl. I must be about the number thirteenth uh, favourite Christian uh, here. <laughs> I'm sort of way down the list. I don't have that bushy sort of discipleship beard. Um, must be something about that. Anyway, um, so I got this email from Carl. Afternoon, pilgrim. God loves you. And Carl has a special plan for your life. <laughs> Beware that email. It goes on to say, Being the first Sunday of the new financial year, I thought it would be good to have someone speak in church on the general topics of money, resources, and business. <clears throat> Okay, so I um, duly accepted his offer or challenge. Um, then I got a text uh, from Carl uh, later, uh, after Amanda's wonderful sermon. You remember that, Amanda's sermon? That was tricky, and Amanda is just so easy to listen to. She did a great job. This is Carl's text to me, knowing that I'm coming up soon. Don't allow the dazzling ability of my preaching cadets insert any fear into the deep recesses of your soul. All good, Pastor Carl. (laughs) Again. And then I sent a text back saying, oh, I must say, Carl, she did a great sermon today, but don't you worry, at least I'll make you look good. So um, anyway, so in the regards to the topic of money, there's three key ideas I just want to talk about. Now, there's just so much. There's just so much that could be in here. There's so much. And um, yeah, this is just some stuff I've got, all right? So anyway, um, three key ideas. um, In the Old Testament um, times, uh, ancient Israel's economic system, there were sort of three ideas I thought uh, I've come across. One understanding that everything is a gift from God. Number two, people were expected to provide, and then I've got inverted commas, get for themselves and their families by using what God had given them. That's slide three. And then provision was made, the third thing, provision was made for those who could not provide for themselves and or giving. So there's gift, get, and giving, or give, and get being provide or work. So those are my three things. Okay, you know Carl has three things, mine are the three G's. Okay, and so when you get to, when I, so, so when I get to giving, you know that my gift of the sermon is nearly gone. All right, I'm nearly done. Okay, here we go. Gift. All we, um, yeah, we've heard in, verse, uh, in Leviticus 25 that everything is God's. Um, so the land back then was the sort of economic basis of most activity, and God said, it's all mine. And, uh, yeah, it's all God's. In Psalm 144, I didn't put it up there, it's a psalm about the abundance that comes from God. And it's from God. Abundance comes from God. Um, 
so with those things in mind, 11 years ago, Coralie and I purchased our orchard. A lot of you have seen it being there. And I'd like her to come up and share a little bit about that and about the process because it illustrates a bit about the gift. Okay, so we do feel a bit uncomfortable having been asked to talk about money as we know that we often fall so far short of God's ideals in this area. Um, actually, Steve's asked me to share a situation and God was speaking to us about an area of our finances and we got it quite wrong. Um, but God in his faithfulness um, didn't deal with us like he did with Ananias. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gave us another chance. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> so there's three properties in the story. There's 198 Darwin Road. So that's where our place is, where we had our church barbecue this year. There's 204 Darwin Road, which is where the lovely Goddard family live. And then there's 190 Darwin Road, which is our boundary on the other side, which is where our good friends, the Hoskins, live. So 12 years ago, our boys were aged four, six, and eight, and we were living in town. And we'd started to dream and pray about having a bit of land in the country, somewhere where the boys could have adventures and Stu could have some two-stroke therapy when he needed time out from um, being with sick and dying people. So um, 204 Darwin Road, where the Goddards live, that came up for sale, and we were quite excited by it. Stu grew up in Darwin Road, and we'd always... Sort of, and he'd always loved the, the stretch of the road where this property was. Um, we spoke to the real estate agent, and estate agent in our bank and we did our due diligence and of course we prayed. And I can clearly remember the situation. We had the purchase papers for 204 Darwin Road on the table in front of us and we just finished praying that God would lead us in this big decision. Yeah, Jesus' name, Amen. And our good friend Tony, who lives at 190, bounded up the stairs and she says, guess what? I've just speaking, been speaking to the owner of 198 Darwin Road and they would said that they would sell if someone offered them the right price. So it's probably obvious to you, and in retrospect it's quite obvious to us, that God was saying 198 Darwin Road is a property for you. But for some reason we sort of thought that that was a sign that we should go ahead and buy 204. So we put the offer in and someone else put a higher offer. So we upped our offer and someone else upped their offer and we tried one more time, really thinking this was the place for us and we missed out. The other party put in a higher offer, we couldn't beat it. Yeah, it wasn't for us. We knew even then that, that God could change things and provide that place for us, but no, it all went through and it wasn't for us. And so we just settled back into life in town. We built a tree hut for the boys and, and sort of relinquished that idea of living in Darwin Road. Um, and then six months later, out of the blue, another good friend phoned up to say, my auntie owns 198 Darwin Road. And she said that she's going to put it on the market next week unless someone um, makes an offer before then. And it was like, oh, here's another chance. Went to have a look at the place, loved it, um, and just agreed that, yeah, that's the place for us. Talked to the owners and said, yes, we'd buy it. Now, the ironic thing was that when it came time to discuss in the price, even though we were the only parties, it was a private sale, um, the idea for the price was, well, we'll base it on what next door sold for, which, of course, if we'd listened to God at the start and um, let go, then yeah, our determination to buy the wrong place ended up driving up the price of the place God had for us. So, yeah, 
God, God was good. And we don't know why God had 198 um, for us instead of 204. Um, maybe it's because there's so many different fruit and nut trees on there. 85, I think, when was the count-up when we first got it. Um, or the private sale that went so wonderfully because it was a Christian couple who were wanting the right people um, to, to buy it. Um, or the proximity um, next door to our good friends, the Hoskins, and that really close relationship our kids have had over the years and the number of church and youth events that we've been able to run with our properties combined. Or it's whether it's because we've had amazing neighbours at 204, like the Goddards and other families that we've been so blessed to have there. Um, we don't know, but we do know that God has blessed us as stewards of this property for a season, and it's, we're stewards, not owners, um, and it, we're blessed so that others can be blessed. And one day God is going to call us to account, and he's going to ask us, what have we done with the gift he has given us? What have we done with all the gifts he's given us? Have we used it to multiply his blessing and share it with others? Or have we clung to it for ourselves, in some ways burying our talent in the ground? And it's our prayer that this gift that God has given us and all the gifts that God has given us would be used to bless as many people as possible and to bring glory to him. Thanks, hon. Thank you. So all we have is a gift, isn't it? So uh, Leviticus um, 27 verse 30 instructs us to tithe. And I feel this is a act, this is a way of reminding us, to me, that's a way of reminding me that everything I have is a gift from God. Um, I'm not sure if you all remember this, but do you remember when automatic payments became possible for um, tithing? I can remember the sort of revelation that Coralie had that, oh, we can, we can just set up an AP and our tithe goes in. I had a problem with that. And um, my problem with, uh, and, and I guess, you know, Coralie is naturally a good giver. I'm sort of not. <laughs> I like to earn and I'm good at getting, but I'm also good at holding on to it. And so I, this was a wrestle I had. And so to actually write out a check and put it in that thing was good for me. It actually made me think, oh, I've earned some money this week. Yeah, okay, God, it's actually from you here. This is, I'm acknowledging that this is a gift for you. What I've earned is a gift from you. So here, I had to actually physically do that because I sort of needed to. <laughs> Carly didn't need to. She could just set up an automatic payment. She was all good with that. She, she had that ability to understand it much more naturally. It's a personality thing, I think. Okay, and now um, Matthew 23, verse 23, it's, it's not there, um, is interesting. One of the, um, it's one of the few times that Jesus in the New Testament mentions tithes. You remember he's saying, you know, you, woe to you hypocrites, you tithe your spices, but you neglect the, the justice, mercy, faithfulness, and, and, um, and uh, that, that verse. It's interesting, you can tithe and still oppress the poor. You can tithe and still have a love of money. Um, I needed to learn this, and uh, I still need reminding of this every, you know, re regularly. Tithing's good for me. I'm talking about me. Other people, it's no, easy. But um, 
Yeah, tithing's good for me. And I think tithing reminds me that everything I have is a gift from God, from God the giver. When we remember that all that we have is a gift, it changes the way we treat or cling to our stuff. We are blessed to be a blessing. The gift is given so that we can share and bless others. And God wants to give us good things, but he doesn't want these good things to get in the way of our good. So number two, get. Let's move on to the next But get. And I've got their provision or work, but obviously that's the G, all right? Just to remember the G, the, third, the second G. Um, Acts 18, verses 2 to 4. The story of um, Paul, where he's making, not the story, it's just a verse about... Um, how Paul was a self-employed businessman and he worked with some friends, Priscilla and Aquila, and they were busy making tents. And on one day a week, he went into the temple and he preached. That means he was spending a fair bit of time working as well, doesn't it? Um, in, Matthew, in Mark chapter, in chapter 6, verse 3, Jesus in his hometown, people said, isn't this the carpenter? And then in Matthew 13, verse uh, 55, they say, isn't this the carpenter's son? Just a couple of little verses. Jesus was in the carpentry business with his family. Um, he, um, he in, in, Luke, in Luke 3, it says he started his ministry at age 30. Now, it took me 10 years as a GP before I really felt uh, really comfortable in my craft. And um, yeah, at, at, after 10 years, I can quite distinctly remember thinking, I know this, I know it well. I'm going to start teaching others how to do this. And I started um, taking, I learned to be a, 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 a teacher of young doctors, how to be G GPs. And, um, and uh, yeah, it took me that long. And I've heard, it I've heard it said that it takes about 10,000 hours for someone to become a real expert in something. Now, 10,000 hours, that's, that's, if that's, that's five years of full-time work for you to become an expert in something. So, have you ever thought, Jesus at age 30, having probably worked for 15 years, he probably had 30,000 hours as a builder. He was probably an amazing carpenter. And then I had this thought, then I was sort of getting sidetracked, and I thought, imagine Jesus building my house. Can you imagine that? Jesus building your house or this book? Hey, guys, this house Jesus built. Look, it's perfect. No cracks in this one. No nails out of alignment. No, yeah, it's just, you know, Jesus, the carpenter, he built this one. And then we were talking about this at, uh, around the table, and Brett said, what? You reckon he didn't hit his hand with the, with the hammer? And, oh, do, do you think he didn't make any mistakes? Hmm. Good thought. What do you think? I don't know. I'm going to leave it. I'm getting sidetracked, but... <laughs> He, was, um, he didn't sin, but did he make mistakes? I'll leave that there. Anyway, the point is, Jesus worked. Paul worked. God worked in the creation story. Work and earning to provide for ourselves and our whanau, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. There's medical evidence that work is good. Um, it's an important factor in health and well-being. 
I remember reading um, about a, a study of well-being and happiness, and there was a study where they, they studied rich sort of countries and poorer countries, and then they went in and asked people, and I note, people who had enough to pay for their basic needs. But they asked people um, about their well-being and their happiness questions. And, and you know what, when they sort of ranked it all, people in the poor countries were just as happy as the people in the rich countries. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? So another um, part, I think, of the, the get or provision or, is living within your means. When Coralie and I were newly married, <laughs> check that one out, guys. Yeah. We, we dug into our old non-digital album to get this one. When Coralie and I were newly married, we'd just, we'd just, Coralie had just graduated and, and she'd started a new job and I was, a med, I was still a med student. And we had little money, very little money. We lived in Auckland. Um, but back then, like now, we, we had a passion for the outdoors and tramping. And whenever we could, we'd, we'd head to the hills and go bush. And uh, I can still really remember the emotion and the disappointment of one weekend. It was a long weekend. We'd packed our gear. We had our gear all ready. We, we, we had food ready. And we were all ready to go for this long weekend tramp in the bush. And we didn't have the gas in the car and we didn't have any money in the bank account. We just couldn't go. And we, oh, dear, oh do we, yeah, we couldn't go. We, well, we decided we just couldn't afford to go. We weren't going to go. Um, that was real hard, but it taught us an, an, a really important principle about living within our means. You know, sometimes you can't do the things that you'd like to do because you just don't have enough money. And, you know, that's okay to be satisfied within that, to be satisfied in your soul that all I have is God's and I can be happy with what I've got. I can be happy with my circumstances even if I don't have enough gas for the car. Um, and that was a, a, a neat learning experience for us. I think we should leave that up there because you guys are all smiling. <laughs> you pr- yeah, and if, you, if you're drifting off, it's all good. Think, yeah, yeah, just, just ignore me and think of going to the bush. Anyway, um, the point is this. Working or getting money to provide for you and your whānau is a good thing. It's God-ordained. Something we can do well and be satisfied with. Work and money, though, must never become an idol and it must not come before God. But it is good to get and to provide. Next slide, thank you. Sorry about that one. The faces droop. So as I said at the beginning, now that I've got to giving, you know my gift is nearly gone. So reflecting on the third aspect of Old Testament economics, provision for those who cannot provide for themselves is for us today, it's about giving to those who have need. So previously in sermons we've heard about um, uh, how important it is to give to the body of believers and give to the poor and needy. And so here's just some of my thoughts about giving. In Matthew 6 uh, verses 2 to 4 we hear about the hypocrites who give in order to be recognised, to make themselves all look good, you know. It's all about pride and here I am giving my amount. And Jesus said Instead, given secret. To this, it's all about heart and motive. This is what's important. It's about heart and motive when we give. What's your heart and what's your motive? Is it pride or is it humility? 
The story of Ananias and Sapphira, we heard, um, heard it um, said, read just briefly, Not that wasn't the, quite the full story, but back in the day, there were, the early church, there were a whole bunch of believers, and they were all really excited, really on fire, and they were giving like amazing amounts of stuff to those who had need. God's spirit was working and, and drawing people, and there were people with needs, and there were people with, with finances, and things were happening. And Ananias and Sapphira are part of that. And don't get me wrong, you look at that, they were generous. They had a lot of money, and they gave a lot problem was they lied about it. Why? Why did they lie? It was probably to make them look good, wasn't it? Now I'd like to bring up, oh, you can't see that so clearly, this is, this is my little, I was driving home and I thought of, not quite this, but sort of this anyway, I, I, I took a bit to refine it, but Looking at this, you can see in the red, if you basically look in the red section, you can be generous like the um, early Christian church wa- was, and you can have integrity and you can do it honestly. You can, you can give with integrity and honesty, and that's the red section. That's the sort of the, the good place to be. You can be like Ananias and Sapphira, and you can be generous, they were generous, but you can be dishonest, or you can have pride, or wanting to look good in, in front of in front of others, all right? That's, that's one sort of area. Or you can be, uh, have, you know, great integrity. You can be very honest and be mean and selfish. <laughs> Honestly, I'm quite mean. <laughs> um, mean and stingy. Or you can be selfish and a liar or like the fool of Proverbs, I reckon. So this is sort of just my, my sort of summary of what was uh, conceptually what was going on back there. Now, that, just think about that and think about where you might sit because I know I sit sort of a bit down towards the blue area. Okay, that's my natural tendency and I know that with, um, with the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit who often comes in the form of my wife uh, to move <laughs> towards the red area. I, uh, you guys relate to that, that's so cool. All right. So to summarize, we are called to give, and we should do so uh, generously, we should do so honestly, and we should do so with humility. Just one last, or two last thoughts, uh, quotes in my reading about this uh, from a book by Richard Foster called The Freedom of Simplicity. And so he summarizes his study on Jesus and money with this. In Jesus, we see a combination of penetrating criticism of wealth with a carefree, almost light-hearted attitude towards possessions. It's a combination seldom found today. Hmm. And then another quote from his book, regarding New Testament approach to money, the interests of others is the controlling principle i.e. being other-centred. So, to summarise, we have, all we have is a gift from God. Our tithing and giving is intended to remind us of this. We are called to get or to work for the provision of our whānau. Work to earn, to provide is good. It's good to give. It's good to be generous with honesty and humility. And 
I'd like to leave it there, but it's not really there that we leave it. I want us to apply this. If you can think, hmm, maybe I was a little bit on the yellow or the blue side, there's something that was said by Craig or someone else. Maybe there's, I know, here we, in the prayer time beforehand, specifically forgiveness. Do you need forgiveness or are you struggling with forgiveness around some financial issue? Do you need a job? Do you need health so you can get a job? Do you need um, some prayer for gambling? Do you need a budget? Um, You're struggling with honesty. If you've been touched, if there's something there that God's prompting you, please come forward and receive prayer. We've got people here who'd love to pray with you. And uh, just, yeah, it can be just something so simple. Something so simple. Um, I know I I need prayer. I need uh, help in this area. But I'd love to, or anyone else would love to pray with you um, now after the service, at the end of the service. So uh, where's Malcolm? I, th- I mean, Elliot. Where's Elliot? So we're finishing this up now. Um, so there's a... a um, a shared morning tea, there's a cup of tea and there's um, some, some lovely baking there, so you're welcome to just to just uh, go and enjoy those now, but if you'd like some prayer, please just come up to the front and, and I'll be here, or, and some of the other people who are gifted in praying would love to just pray with you about that, so yeah, so thank you very much, thank you all for coming yeah, okay. Feel free to have the cup of tea, yeah.